So today we're going to discuss perhaps one of the most important topics that we are dealing with in this series, and that is the values of God's economy. And um, I'll always remember that book written by Douglas Meeks called God the Economist and uh, how deeply that challenged me to think about the world as a system in which God has a stake that throughout history and even in our own contemporary times and into our future, God has a particular desire and will for the structuring of the, the oikos nomos, the, the management of the household of God and the resources of, of that household. So I hope you find today's conversation interesting and uh, perhaps even challenging and enlightening um, that conversation's coming up next. One of the images I found most beautiful in what you've been saying, Alan, is this whole thing that economics is actually the management of the household of God. You know, and of course, that's where the world, uh, the, the word comes from: economics, from oikos, household, nomos, meaning to manage. And I often think about that. You know, I think, boy, I, I must be God's brat child the one who wants so much more than, than others and who, who feels entitled sometimes to more than others. And, and I can see that's, that is, it, it, it's a broken value system. Ellen, what would, a, what would a gospel set of values look like? Well, you know, Dion, let's bring it back down to the household. Take two loving parents. What do they do? The two loving parents provide for all in the household. They don't provide for one child and not the other. They don't feed one child and ignore the other. They won't, even if the one child has been extremely naughty, they're not going to um, starve the child. They, they love the child. They love all the children and they provide. And a, a loving parent with a sense of fairness goes out of their way to be fair. And so that's what God longs for us to do in God's household, namely the planet. So a couple of the values. We've looked at freedom. I really believe that God honors freedom, but also God longs for equality as well. So there's got to be this creative tension between freedom and equality. But grace, we save by grace. So I, I believe that grace will be God's bottom line in the economy. Today, the bottom line for economy is profit. Mm. For God, it will be people. Dion, People matter most, and hurting people matter more mm. in God's economy. Mm. The only people who will receive more in God's economy are those who are most vulnerable and most in need. So it's like, it's like the, the mother with four children, and uh, you ask her, which child do you love the best? She says, no, I love them all the same. Now, come on, tell me, which child do you love? the? Come on, you've got to have a favorite. No, I love them all the same. Come on, which child do you love the most? She says, okay. If there's a child that's hurting, at that moment, I share a little bit more of my love with that child. Mm. That's God. God share, loves all the same, and so people matter most, and hurting people matter more for God. Now, that needs to be shown in our, in our economic policies, Dion. So we need to campaign. We need to call for an economy, an economic system that protects the vulnerable. That means there needs to be some social net where people can receive education. People shouldn't, Dion, it shouldn't make a difference which 
womb you have come out of or which suburb or city you were born in that will determine whether you get educated or not mm. or whether you have food or not or whether you have clean water or not. Those are basic, basic rights for every single human being. Mm. And, and we need to make sure that that is the case. So grace is, is God's, the bottom line of God's um, economy. Now, Dion, you'll have sometimes people will, will think they're quoting the Bible. They'll say something like this. They'll even say, oh, yes, God says in the Bible that God helps those who help themselves. Now, firstly, Dion, I want to tell the listeners that that is not in the Bible. Mm. It was actually Benjamin Franklin who said that, a U.S. president who, who said that. Mm. Dion, the Bible that I understand is God helps those who cannot help themselves. That's the story of freedom. That's the story of salvation. By grace, we are set free. By grace, we are saved. In other words, not by our works. God helps those who cannot help themselves. Now, Dion, I'm not advocating that we must not work. God also invites us to work. Remember, um, God gives us the manna in the wilderness for free. It's mm. a gift of grace, but we must go and collect it. Mm. But then the instruction comes, don't collect too much. So that, why? So that those who are more vulnerable than you will still have enough to collect. So these are the words that, that come to us. Those who had much did not have too much. Those who had little did not have too little. Now, Dion, in today's economy, there are some people who, who think um, – there is no relationship between those who have too much and those who have too little. According to God's economy, if I'm understanding correctly, they are inextricably linked. The reason why some people have too little is because some people have too much. Now, you may ask me, Dion, but Alan, how much is too much? Dion, I cannot give you a financial figure, mm. but I can give you a relational figure. Mm-hmm. I have too much, Dion. I have too much when I'm in the presence of someone who has too little. <laughs> so it's not about rands and cents or dollars and cents. It's about being in relationship. Now, remember, Jesus put them into groups of 50 mm-hmm. and 100. Dion, if we are going to sort out our economy, we are not here just to grow our economy. You know, economists keep on going about growing, 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 growing economy. Well, you can't grow the economy forever. There's a finite number of resources, okay? Sure. What we need to really do, Dion, is not so much grow the economy as grow community. Mm. Grow community. I would actually advocate, Dion, that very soon in this world, we need to reach a no-growth economy. We cannot continue producing stuff producing stuff that produces waste, that produces um, global warming, etc., and uses all these resources of mm. the planet. Mm. We need to learn. We need to begin to live more simply so that others can simply live as so many people have quoted over the years. And we need to do that in the name of Jesus. Listen to more teachings and discussions at www.mannerandmercy.org or connect with us by texting a message to plus two seven seven eight two seven eight five three hundred. So, of course, we can see from conversations like these what the tremendous moral and theological and pragmatic distances between the systems that we inhabit so uncritically. 
and what we learn and read from the scriptures in relation to justice and equity and peace. And uh, I hope that this has given you some food for thought. It certainly has done so for me. And listening to, to this conversation again has invited me to rethink the ways in which I participate in the prevailing economic systems of our time and and to try to imagine different ways of living in the world. You know, the philosopher uh, Slavoj Žižek once commented that what Christians lack is a kind of, of political imagination, the ability to imagine a different polis, a different way of structuring the world economically in terms of power relations and socially. And if only we were willing to apply our most creative, most imaginative, most daring, most courageous, most loving selves towards a better world, we might see some real changes. And of course, that can begin with you in your own personal budget, in your home, in your community, and can stretch to your nation and the world. So thanks for listening to today's episode. And um, as always, we'd love to hear from you. If you have some ideas, if you have some advice, some guidance on how we can better live with the economic resources of the world, we'd love to hear from you. And our details are in the show notes. Next week, we move on to the beginning of another four-part series and uh, we'll specifically be looking at the vineyard parable of Jesus and the relationship between the sacrifice of Christ and what it means to be a disciple of Christ.